0: Father, we have come before you this morning to thank you, God, for the high privilege that we have to worship you, Lord. I pray that you help our unbelieving hearts at times, help our our, our stagnant hearts, our stale minds, Lord, and I pray that you refresh us, Lord, uh, with your Holy Spirit, that we can worship you, we can praise you, Lord, knowing that you are our friend, as we say, that you are the Rock of Ages, Lord, that all our hearts should desire is you. Lord, I pray that day by day, Lord, that our worship uh, will be more genuine, uh, that will be more real in our lives um, as we come to know you. As we dive into the scriptures, God, I pray for the Holy Spirit to teach us, to remind us, to bring the anointing from above into our lives, that we will be men and women of the gospel uh, who, who live and breathe the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, we thank you for the privilege. We pray for our nation. And we put this in Jesus' name, Amen. You may be seated. So, um, you know, a prayer for us this morning uh, that I was thinking about is, you know, Lord, touch our ears that we may hear. Um, that's a prayer that the Lord will touch our ears that we can hear what the Spirit wants for us to hear. Um, we're we're finishing off, like I said, uh, Philippians chapter two, and um, in this section we it's called partners in the gospel and the reason is because last week we saw the example of timothy and uh previously that we saw the example of the apostle paul we'll see that right now and right now we're going to focus on epaphroditus you know, that's not a name we hear too common um, i don't know about you but i don't think i've ever met anybody named epaphroditus um so that's good for if you want to be unique and in a child epaphroditus would be a good choice um you know and so when we look at partners in the gospel uh, and, you know, what I mean by this is that, uh, what I mean by the definition of partnership is uh, two people joining together and agreeing for the common good, for, for, to agree uh, to do something for the common good. And, and we can say they form a coalition, an alliance uh, for the kingdom of God, coming together as one. So, for example, right now we come together for the sake of worshiping God. We're partnering in the sense of worshiping him. And, and when we do something in the name of Jesus, uh, whether it be with us or with other believers, we're partnering for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so in this chapter, we have seen the goal of Christ's likeness in chapter 2 as a whole. The goal of this was in, in, in chapter 2, verse 5, where it says, "Have this attitude in yourself, which is also in Christ Jesus. And so this is the goal of Paul as he's preaching to the church. He said, look, the goal is for you not just to learn about Jesus, but actually to imitate him, to be like him. And so to be much like Christ, we must be much with Christ. Remember this, if I want to be like him, I must be with him. There's no way I'm going to be able to imitate Christ Jesus unless I'm actually spending time with him, unless he's part of my life, not just a Sunday routine, hey, that, that the gospel is part of my life and is my life. So... We saw that the direct model is Christ Jesus, and, and his humility, his service, and his obedience. We saw this in earlier verses, in chapter 2. To the point of death, even death on a cross. And that's when we saw that Carmen Christie the hymn to Christ as God, and that every will bow to that mighty name. So then after that we saw, we uh, saw, um, we come to the example of three men of God who gave it all. So we saw the model of Jesus, well, better again, we saw the exhortation to unity. We saw the model of, of Jesus. And then we see three godly examples. And and, um, and so these are three partners in the gospel. So we see the Apostle Paul in verses 17 to 18, when we spoke about Paul being a drink offering uh, upon the sacrifice and service of your faith. And Paul rejoiced in this. He said, look, at the end of the day, my life is only the drink offering upon the sacrifice which comes upon the boiling sacrifice in, in the in the 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 drink offering, they just evaporates. So he goes, "That's my life." He goes, he goes "I live for this." He goes, "And I rejoice about it." And then we saw the example of Timothy last week in verses nineteen to twenty-three, and basically we saw a pastoral devotion. We saw um, uh, we saw a kindred spirit. Paul says a genuinely concern for the church, and you know we saw that Timothy's intention uh, and his interests were christ centered. I mean he said there was nobody else everybody else is you know is more focused uh, you know upon upon serving themselves and serving other things in the world and uh, he said by sending Timothy you know he's genuinely generally concerned for the church and he's proven himself again partnering the gospel and uh, this morning I want to see Epaphroditus. and that's gonna be chapter I'm sorry verses 25 to 30 in chapter two, and Epaphroditus, in a sense, is, is the the unsung hero. It, this is not somebody you really you really hear about in Scripture, and he's unknown to most. But he was favored by God highly, and uh, he, his name is easily forgotten. You want to forget about in this place, and he, because he's not of noble birth, there was nothing. He didn't, he didn't author anything. He didn't do anything spectacular. Um, he was just a servant of our of our mighty God. And um, and uh, so he had, like I said, no major accomplishments in the eyes of man. But again, he was a servant of the Lord. And so, just for clarification, uh, in case for those of you who are wondering, there's an Epaphras uh, and, and there's Epaphroditus. and there's And so, for those of you, when you read scripture, there are two different people. And so, Epaphras uh, was a, was from Colossi, uh, Colossae, and so he was he was laboring alongside Paul in the Church of Colossae with the Colossians and uh, he was also a fellow prisoner fellow a minister a church planter and a man unknown against many but not by God he was, he was known by God and then we have Epaphroditus Epaphroditus was a minister and a servant in Philippi so two different churches different people but they sound similar and so and Epaphroditus was sent by his congregation uh, to carry a gift collected by the church for the Apostle Paul was in prison. And so both were choice men. I mean, these were servants and uh, worthy of imitating uh, in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so Epaphroditus, you know, uh, was much like the Apostle Paul in the sense, he was a brother, uh, he was a companion in the later, and he was a fellow soldier. And uh, that's what I'm gonna be focusing on today. And so this man was in the game, put it this way. You have know, Epaphroditus, was not a spectator criticizing those in the game. Epaphroditus was in the game. He was active in the gospel. You know, again, this is another person behind the scenes that is not looking for a platform, not looking to make a name for himself. And I always emphasize that because you are going to see there's a pattern in scripture of men and women of God. There's a there's a certain um, a mark to them, a mark of beauty, a mark of honor, and that's called humility. And you, we, this is why we ought to look, firstly, to the examples of Scripture before we look at the examples that we have around us. Because we are falling. They were falling creatures too. The difference is that they've already finished the course. We have not finished the course. So we ought to first look to Christ, look to the examples of Scripture, and then look for the models out here that are worthy of imitating in the gospel of Jesus. You know, somebody said, humble we must be if to heaven we go. High is a group of light, but yet its gate is low. So you're not going to get into heaven being lofty-minded, being high minded because the gate is low. Some people are going to be too proud to be in, to get into heaven. They're going to have their head too big to get into heaven. So we've got to be really careful that humility is a mark of Christ and the mark of his followers. And so we see this in, in Christ and in every, uh, and we see this is throughout scripture, that humility was present in their lives. Um, and when there was moments of pride, God will humble them. And, and, and for the sake of, of their well-being and for, you know, for, uh, even for us, you know, at times when we become prideful, God will do something in our lives to humble us, uh, to make us realize, you know what, you're really not all that. And you're really not that important as you think you are. It's me. And so, and because that is how He disciplines us. And, he, and because He loves us. You know, we ought not to think higher than ourselves and we ought not to think less than ourselves. You know, remember false humility is just as bad as pride. So trying to make yourself less than what God has made you is just as bad as thinking you're more than what God made you. So we need to, um, you know, like somebody once said that, humility is to have a just idea of yourself. You know, just don't think more, don't think less. You have a just idea of a sound mind, sound judgment of who you really are. And uh, you know, we too, our partners in the gospel, we owe two are brothers in the gospel, uh, you know, we're brethren, we're fellow workers, and we're fellow soldiers. And Christianity is about this, this is what it's about. It's about our brotherhood. It's about laboring together for the same cause. It's about fighting the good fight together. You know, and as we look at the qualities of Epaphroditus, of you know, I want to I pull these qualities out and then apply them and, 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 and read these. Uh, together, you know, and we can say that uh, you know these qualities can serve as a guide to what a Christian life ought to look like. And you know, we saw that. Uh, Paul says he was my brother, my fellow worker, my fellow soldier. He was your messenger and a minister to my need. Again, this is this. I don't. This is uh, a, um, a, a jewel in God's hand. Put it this way. This man, like I said, he's he's a nobody who God made to, I mean, God was able to use it in a mighty way because he wasn't seeking a name for himself. Um, So let me look at the first quality. I'm going to look at the three, I'm going to look at three. uh, I need a brother, a fellow worker, and a fellow soldier. I'm going to pull those three out and extract them. So when we say brother, you know, this speaks of a close relationship, family affection. Right, you know, relatives share something very close. Brothers and sisters are linked together. You know, when they are, when one hurts, typically it affects those who are close by. And and Paul was telling the church of how close Epaphroditus was to him. He was saying he's my brother. You know, he, we are we have the same connecting uh, spirit. Uh, you know, he and this was a spiritual bond, and uh, they could they were connected. Uh, like family will be, like the siblings are. Uh, They both serve the same Heavenly Father and were spirit-filled and leaned together. And so, um, you know, 1 John 3.14 says, We know that we have passed out of death into life because we love the brethren. He who does not love abides in death. We know that we are born again because we have a new love for one another. It's not like before, now we're linked together. We're connected. Remember the blood of Christ brings us into a new community, you know, uh, a new family, new new friends. It's the blood of Jesus Christ that begins to connect us all together in in other believers. You know, in in, in our pursuit of God, you know, we're gonna notice how we're gonna grow in in our affection toward other believers. You'll you'll see this immediately. Uh, As soon as you start, as soon as God starts transforming in your mind, you begin to just simply love one another. It's the love of Christ, it's not the love of the world, it's the love of it, it, it's the love that's been poured in with it by the Holy Spirit. You know, in this partnership in the gospel is serious brotherhood. This was serious. If you notice, Paul, when he speaks of his friends, of his brothers, he goes, He's serving to the point of death, to the point of death, to the point of death. I mean, literally, they were tied together all the way to death so if death came they went together it's not like one said like, well you know what i was a friend until like, now. Nah. you know what now i'm not No. or you know they, these were real friends it was real bonds and um and so first john three sixteen a few verses after tells us we know love by this that he laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren again Jesus, our brother, set the example. True love of the brethren is for me to lay down my life, and vice versa. And so as we, you know, as we, um, uh, as we're being cleansed uh, in our walk with Christ day by day, uh, you know, this love is going to be pouring out more and more uh, for our brothers and sisters. And it ought to be increasing. Brothers, my love for you and your and vice versa, ought to be increasing if we're in the gospel, if we're connected with them because that's the love of Christ. Uh, our love should not be diminishing, should not be a hidden love, which should be open. We ought to be loving one another uh, more and more. And uh, 1 Peter 1.22 tells us, since you have in obedience to the truth, purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren. You know, it says permanently love one another from the heart. Again, he's saying that, you know, because of our obedience to the truth of the gospel, you know, we've been purifying our souls for uh, for a sincere love of the brother. He says fervently love one another from the heart. Again, a call to the church. Peter's saying you must love one another. Um, you know, and possibly I have speak more of love, but you know, I haven't, you know, I'm just went to the text. But this is a mark of Christianity you know we if, if we don't demonstrate our love you know then what are we demonstrating, right i mean we have to love one another we cannot just love those who we choose to. So we must love everybody um and so this genuine uh brotherly love serves as a witness to even to the unbelieving world remember this the fact that paul loved the as that much is a witness to the world because here us in john thirteen thirty-five. You know, it says, by this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. That's what John, in the the gospel of John, we see this. By this, people will know that you truly are followers of who you say you are. Right? If If we're not followers of Jesus, well, we have nothing to really prove to anybody. You just live your life, and you follow yourself, you love yourself, you serve yourself. You are your own God and you make your own morality, and that's it. The standard is low. If you say you're a follower of Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, God incarnate, we ought to be we ought to be looking like him. You know, there's no other way about this. And the witness to the world is not how good we preach, how good we sing, the building. No, it's the love that we have, because that love is not of this world. And again, when Paul says, my brother, He's saying all this and more. Um, so let's look at the other quality. Uh, and so now, fellow worker. We see how Epaphroditus was not only a brother, this was not only a brotherly affection, but he was a fellow worker. Epaphroditus was a man you know, who got the job done. He, he was sent by the church. He said that uh, he was the messenger of the church, uh, of Philippi, to go to the Apostle Paul, and he, he took a gift. Uh, 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 a certain amount of of money or whatever was in there for for the Apostle Fox to take care of him. And so he was active in in the labor of Christ. A worker puts in serious time. When they says he's a fellow worker, he was not an occasional uh, disciple. This guy was in the game. In order for the church to trust him with his gift, he must have been somebody of of good repute with the people. He must have good testimony or how Why would they trust him to take the gift of the Apostle Paul? So he was a fellow worker, somebody who was involved, not only with the Apostle Paul, but he was active in the church that he served. So this implies daily service, a fellow worker, somebody who's in it day by day, not only when they feel like it, but day to day. You know, a a persistent brother, you know, who lived a life of service. He lived a life of service. You know, he wasn't on standby, you know, he wasn't wasting time, you know, asking around, you know, what is the will of God for you? You know, what is the will of God? I'm going to go to this conference to see what the will of God is. I'm going to go to this conference. Why don't we just start serving them? You know, why don't we just start, you know, that, stop asking what is the will of God? And just love God, love your neighbor, and the will of God will be demonstrated to you along the way. But that is the greatest thing you can do. Love the Lord, your God, everything you do, in all that you are, with all your strength, with all your mind. And not only that, love your neighbor as yourself. Believe me. And, and you know, and to, just to put the cherry on top, make disciples, what Jesus said. I'm pretty sure if you love God, love neighbor, make disciples, you're going to have enough to do in this lifetime. And we're going to even complete it. And so he understood the love of God. And Paphroditus, we know this by, by his lifestyle, and it, it is... And his love of neighbor was demonstrated by his actions, by the way he lived. You know, Ephesians 2.10 tells us this, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Again, we are saved by grace, you know, and we have to understand this through faith, but we are saved for the purpose of good works, we are saying to demonstrate that there is a living God, to demonstrate that Jesus is real, to show to the world that the light of men is here, and um, and we do this by how we live our lives, not just by how we speak, although that is extremely important, not just by how we think, that is also important, but how we live our deeds, um, and so fellow workers are involved, um, and, you know, and so. If was an example of this, and why had many fellow workers? If you look at Paul's letters, you'll use his word a lot, fellow workers, or his word a lot, fellow workers, fellow workers, fellow workers. And so people who were involved with him. Uh, and so people who were laboring in the kingdom of God alongside the apostle Paul. And so the, the, the Christian man and woman ought to understand that we too are fellow workers in the truth. We are all fellow workers, everything we do, If you measure what you do by by the applause of people, well, you're really never gonna get much done. If you measure what you do by the approval of people, well, you're gonna be disappointed a lot. If you measure what you do by anything else but serving God wholeheartedly, you know, then you won't be satisfied. Our status, you know, we should be satisfied at the fact that everything we do, we do it unto the glory of God, everything. Everything we do, and it's hard for us here uh, again, you know, I, I always try guys to look to outside of the bubble of the United States. Look to countries where they don't have the the, 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 the flexibility to gather any of uh, The the flexibility to come into a nice building, AC comfortable, or be in your nice home with a nice computer in front of you. Uh, no, there's places in the world where people are literally suffering, and they don't care about anything but worshiping God wholeheartedly. And now to inspire us that they live life in the middle of of chaos, their lights, in the middle of famine, their lights, in the middle of war, their lights, in the middle of everything, their fellow workers. And they pray for us more than we even think of them, which is even more convicting. The fact that the church in China prays for the United States and we rarely remember our brothers in China is a convicting, uh, uh, you know, it just is because they're, they're, why is that? Because they're constantly active in the Lord's work because they're not living for themselves. Um, and uh, you know, 1 Corinthians 3 9, let me show the section. says, 1 Corinthians 3 9 says, For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field, God's building. You can get Paul speaking to the church. You know, we are. God's fellow workers. We are God's field. We are God's field. In other words, he's going to get the job done through our life. You know, we are the hands and feet. We are the ones who are going to go to the person in need. We are the ones who are going to give a cup of water to those who are thirsty. We are the ones who are going to clothe those who need it. We are those who are going to visit those who are sick or in prison. It is us. You know, we are the ones who are responsible for the the church. You know, we are God's fellow workers. We are his field we are his building, we're, we're the ones who's going to use, and if he doesn't if you don't allow him, you'll use somebody else. Uh, and that's what we've seen, um, we can see that in our lives. You know, you know, work, till the field, and build. That's basically what they're saying. We work, we till the field, we work the field, and we build. You know, it's a lifelong labor and process, the life of a Christian. You know, our whole life is one in one way or another, you know, it's wrapped up in this, that you know, we're co-workers together we are co-laborers we are co-builders all of us here you know no matter what we're going to do for the gospel of Jesus Christ you know if we want a Sunday Christianity that's not you don't need to be a co-worker you don't need to be a co-laborer you don't need to really do much just you know just have a Sunday mentality Uh, you know be a nominal Christian and and, uh, kind of go with the flow and uh, but that's not Christianity that's not the gospel of Jesus Christ and we don't see that in scripture we see people who are co-workers Co-laborers, co-builders, partners um, who understand this. You know, we don't. You know, we don't always agree in this. We, we're not always going to agree when we're co-workers, when we're co-laborers, uh, when we're co-builders. We don't always agree, but we do understand this: that the mission is is much greater than our happiness, and our comfort, and our opinions. Remember this: we're not always going to agree. The mission is always greater than the method. The mission is greater than my opinion. The mission is greater than my feelings. The mission is greater than making me happy. The mission is greater than finding my comfort. The mission is about Jesus Christ. And that is why we see that we are fellow workers. When we don't agree, you know, that's a good thing. I I think that that's awesome. The fact that we think differently, God created us, each individual here to think different, to reason, to contribute something to the work of the kingdom. If we all thought the same, if we all were the same, well, that wouldn't really work. We all be robots. Uh, and there will be no need for, for anything. We just, you know, just turn on a button and we all do it. This is what makes love so beautiful, that we choose that the fact that we can contribute something. So let's look at the other quality. So we saw a brother, a fellow worker, and then lastly, a fellow soldier. So qualities for enduring partnership, we saw brotherhood is important, co laborers working together is important, and not only that, but we are soldiers in the gospel of Jesus Christ. When Paul says of Epaphroditus that he was, that when he was a fellow soldier, this means that Epaphroditus was not some sort of weak little messenger. This man was in the fight. Not only was he a brother, and, and, but but Epaphroditus, you know, was helping out in, in, uh, in the labor of the gospel. But he was a soldier for the gospel of Jesus Christ. You know, again, all these words matter. A brother means something. A fellow worker means something. And a, a fellow soldier means something else. You know, this means that he was in the trenches. That he was in the front lines. He was at war. And in his Christian walk, you know, we're going to notice many times. You know that we're gonna be in the front lines, each and every one of us. There's gonna be times where we're gonna be in the front lines where we're gonna feel like right now, I'm a brother in Christ. Right now, I'm a co-laborer. But sometimes, we're gonna have to fight in the sense of we're gonna be in the front lines for justice, for righteousness, and for truth. It's the Christians who are on the front lines of this. For justice comes from Christ. It is God who we look for. Righteousness is of God. Truth is God himself. So when, there's going to be times where you will experience more of a brotherhood. Uh, there's going to be times where you're going to be more, well, I'm a fellow co-laborer right now. But there will be times where we're going to have to be the front lines. And we're going to be you know what, this is right and this is wrong. And you may be the only one standing. You may be the only one pointing it out. And that that's what it needs to be a soldier. You know, having this mindset of a soldier is one that allows no time to slumber, you know, to be lazy, to waste time. You know, think of soldiers, you know, you, you just have to think of the military, you know, when they're at war, you know, we, you know, they're awake, they're vigilant, they're aware of their surroundings. You know, there is an enemy, they're aware of that. They know that they're not in the Middle East or wherever they're at just to hang out and buy souvenirs, right, no, there, there's an enemy, there, there's a problem They're they're vigilant. Everything they do, they know that any moment, they can, the people can strike. And they need to be aware, they need to be awake. And so the soldier is in constant training, right? The soldier becomes, uh, you know, literally, uh, uh, becomes fully immersed in that world where they live because he knows or she knows that there is evil. And evil does not take days off. Evil will never take a day off. Just like our Lord Jesus Christ never stops working, just like our Heavenly Father's love is always available, the enemy is out here like, a, like an evil lion and looking to devour the weak, looking to devour. You remember this, that he is the Prince of Lies. He is the ruler of this world. And, and so that's why lies uh, flourish here, because it's the enemy. And so we have to, we have to be really cautious of this, that yes, we are brothers in Christ. Yes, we are co-laborers, but we are also fellow soldiers. And so, we—if we don't have this mentality in our—we're gonna—we're gonna easily gonna succumb to the enemy's ways. Uh, so, you know, soldiers understand this motto. You know, no man left behind, right? Soldiers understand this. You know, when you go to war, you may not like the person, or you may not get along with them, or they might be uh, think differently than you. But when you're at war, everybody is equally important. they are trained this way. That no one is left behind. If you if your fellow soldier falls, you pick them up, you drag them, you carry him, you do whatever you can to save his or her life to preserve it. It's all about preservation. And they're not asking, well, what do you think of this? What's your worldview? Or what do you think of this? Or what, what you know, what do you think? No. They're trained to literally rescue them, to, to die for the brothers. And this is what this is what, as a Christian, you must have this mindset that we must be willing to lay down our lives. For our brothers um, and so you know they know that you know that at any moment war can just can just begin and we know this that we live in a constant battle our and you know the battle does belong to the lord in the sense that he will have victory at the end but right now we are at war and we need to be vigilant we need to be awake and unless we be led astray, you know unless the enemy just comes and and, and deceives us And so, um, you know, as Christians, you know, we are these fellow soldiers in the gospel, you know, under the banner of Christ. You know, we are soldiers. Our banner is not our name, not even our country, not even our ethnicity, nothing but our banner is Jesus Christ. And this is righteousness, truth, this is godliness, this is love, whatever attribute that God has is under that banner. And so we are—we are these fellow soldiers. Follow me to the book of Exodus. Let me give an example of working together as fellow soldiers. Exodus chapter seventeen, Exodus seventeen, verses eight to eight or sixteen. We're going to look at Moses. We're going to look at Aaron and her. So uh, Exodus chapter seventeen and uh, verses eight to sixteen. Let me give you an example of this, so we can see this in a, in a in living color. It says, Then Am- uh, Amalek came and fought against Israel at a refugee. So Moses said to Joshua, Choose men for us and go out, fight against Amalek tomorrow. I will station myself on the top of the hill with the staff of God in my hand. Joshua did as Moses told him and fought against Amalek. And so it came about when Moses held his hand up that Israel prevailed. And when he let his hand down, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands were heavy. Then they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it. And Aaron and her supported his hands, one on one side and one on the other. Thus his hands were steady until the sun set. So Joshua overwhelmed Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. Then the Lord said to Moses, Write this in a book as a memorial, and recite it to Joshua, that I will utterly blot out the memory of Amalek from under the sun. Moses built an altar and named it, The Lord is my banner. And he said, The Lord has sworn, and the Lord will have war against Amalek from generation to generation. What do we see? We see brothers working together. This, this was more than just brotherly love They were at war. You know, they, it was it was time to support, to help one another. And it says that Aaron and her supported the hands of Moses. And so every leader, every person is gonna need help out one day. Moses was a mighty man, mighty man of God. And and when it says that, when it says that that, that his brother supported him, this speaks of his brotherly love. He speaks of fellow workers, but more than that, it speaks of fellow soldiers, people who are in the fight, not just in the game. 2 Timothy 2 3 to 4 tells us, and Paul telling Timothy, he tells him, Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him. As a soldier, so what is Paul telling Timothy, remember this, he's telling look, Timothy, you're going to be here uh, in Ephesus, you're going to be uh, raising leaders, you're going to be planting this church, and he goes, you cannot entangle yourself in the affairs of everyday life if you're going to be successful in the kingdom of God. You must have the mind of a soldier. He goes, because no soldier, when he's at war, stops, puts his gun down, and says, you know what, well, I'm just going to take a day off and figure this out today have fun, vacation. No, they're mind. They're not entangled in the affairs of everyday life. They're worried, they're concerned, they're focused on the mission at hand until it's completed. And our mission has not been completed. You know, we're still at this. You know, so what I love about this, what Paul says to is so that you, I'm sorry, so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Again, everything you do is to please God. He goes, You must must live as an active soldier, as one to please the one who enlisted you. And the one who enlisted us in this fight is the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, he's the one who commissioned us into the service. So as partners, we fight side by side. You know, we help one another out. We train together. We fight under the banner of the Lord. And if the Lord wills, some saints to die together and this has been, in, in history we've seen this, that there's times where people fight side by side and they even die side by side you know, our partnerships in the gospel are cemented, remember this in righteousness, justice and truth, our fight is not the fight of the world our enemy is not between flesh and blood you know, we have to understand who is the enemy, the enemy is not the people the enemy is not the person next to you no the enemy is not your neighbor the enemy is no the enemy is satan and we have to understand this that his schemes his ways will can easily distract our mind and we can think other people or other things are the enemy so Epaphroditus the unsung hero and you know he was a brother he was a fellow worker he was a soldier he was a messenger and a minister uh, and, and we see this in, in Philippians 4.18 where it says, but I have received everything in full and have in abundance. Paul's speaking here. I am every supplied, having received from the what you have sent, a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. This is a gift. You know, he, he goes, I got what you, what, what you guys sent. Look, look how Paul puts this. Because when Timothy came and he brought the gift, he was, it was a fragrant aroma. It was an, an acceptable acceptable sacrifice. It was well pleasing to God. May everything we do be done that way. Wh- whatever we give, whatever we do, may it be a fragrant aroma. May it be soothing unto the Lord. May it be an acceptable sacrifice. May it be well pleasing to God. You know, um, you know, to many. Epaphroditus was a simple messenger, you know, uh, and he was. He was a simple messenger, and he he got the job done. And many people wouldn't even desire this position. Uh, Surprisingly, Epaphroditus is not so many people really thinking, you know, I want to be like that guy. I want to be like Epaphroditus. You know, a lot of people, they look at those on the platform. uh, They look at Paul. They look at the great apostles, and we we look past these great men and great women uh, that were youth. So this man was honored by the Lord. He was a blessing to the church. He was simple, he was humble and not seeking a name for himself. He loved God and served him. You know, scripture tells us that how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news and good things. That's what scripture says in, in Romans chapter 10. How beautiful are the feet of those, and it speaks of us who are bringing the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now when we bring the gospel, it does not just come by words. It comes by actions, it comes by our lifestyle. And that's why how beautiful, and think about this, how, what a blessing to each and every one of your lives when God brings somebody into your life that is a follower of Jesus Christ. It becomes a blessing for us. And um, and we we ought to be a blessing to many people. You know, and as we look at these qualities uh, for enduring partnerships, um, you know, whether we be brothers in Christ, whether we be co-laborers, co-fellow workers, and fellow soldiers all these things are qualities to help our partnership endure uh, through difficult times um may the lord use us and help us see beyond the limits that we have of our sight a lot of times we're so limited because all we see is what's in front of us and we're like well i'm not really doing much well i'm not really serving god like i would like to well and, and and that's because we're we become short-sighted and we don't understand that we don't see the big picture we don't see the magnitude of our service, we don't see the magnitude of our gifts, we don't see the magnitude of, 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 of when we bless somebody because we always think, only see what's before us. So we have to understand this, that God uses everything, all our, uh, um, every, all our lives, and um, we need to trust that God is doing something great. You know, and, you know, we are the feet, like I said, we are the feet and the hands that will bring the good news to many empty hearts. To many people with no hope. You know, he would use us if we allow him. Every single day, you know, everything we do, whether small or big, in our eyes, you know, God can use it to do something great and bless them, whether they're believers or unbelievers. God can use our lives to bless somebody's life. You know, and together, as partners, you know, we can fly further. Remember this. Partners can go together. far. You know, we can go further together. You know, we can reach new levels together. You know, we can witness with greater power together. And so Paul, you know, when we look at Paul, he was not, he was not in uh, it by himself. It's This is an important thing to understand. The Apostle Paul had men and women beside him that helped him. So when we look at the great Apostle Paul, he had great people around yeah, think... him. And, and we too must understand this, that, our friendship with other people is is, is similar. Our co- uh, being co workers with other people, co neighbors is equal, and being fellow um, fellow soldiers is also being equal. Just listen. Just so may God help us, you know, as we look at these examples, and I pray that, that that we understand this. It's it's extremely important when we look at Scripture that we first understand that we first understand that this God wants us to know Him. And the best way to know God is to spend time with God, and and there is no other there is no other way, you know, to be like I said, to be much like Him, we must be much with Him, and there's no other way. And and once we once we start grappling with this, then we start understanding the the, the high responsibility and the high privilege that we have for one another. Each and every one of us here are equally important in the Gospel of Jesus Christ, and what we do how you work, what you say, uh, your gifts, your talents, your ability, everything is equally important. And so we must work together at this, and may God help us to be a light into the world that needs it. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we have come before you this uh, beautiful day, Lord. We thank you for this yeah. Lord today, for allowing us to visit the scriptures, and I pray that our lives will be transformed, that our minds will be, will be changed day to day, Lord. That we can think more like you, that we can uh that we can saturate our minds with the gospel, with the the person of Christ, with your attributes. And I pray that as we learn the example of Aphroditeus, previously Timothy, and before that, it was the Apostle Paul. I pray that we can learn things, that we not compare ourselves to feel less, but that we learn from those who already ran the race, from those who already finished the course, from those who already with you, and I pray that our lives, will can learn much, you know, much of uh, great, um, uh, uh great mm-hmm. needs of, of how we can live our lives to better serve you, better serve one another. I pray Breath that our minds, once again, will be cleansed from the world, our hearts will be cleansed from the world, from the distractions of life, and I pray for my brothers and sisters who are listening, and who will be listening, that the lives be blessed, as we are partners in the gospel, of Jesus Christ. And may the name of Christ be lifted high. May we lift the banner of Christ before any banner of righteousness, truth, of love, holiness, and everything that we attribute to you. We thank you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.